0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yearbook Wise podcast, the podcast for yearbook people everywhere. My name is Mike Simmons. I'm the advisor of the Tessera Yearbook at Corning Painted Post High School in upstate New York. And it's my pleasure today to bring you a chat that I had with Jim Jordan, uh, most recently of the Decamian Yearbook at Del Campo High School in California, just outside Sacramento. Jim is currently a special consultant for Walsworth Publishing Company, Jim is a mentor and a dear friend to dozens, if not hundreds, of yearbook advisors coast-to-coast. He's done it all, made it all, won it all, been recognized for his efforts as yearbook advisor of the year. He's a tremendously gracious and giving human being. And uh, we had a great conversation about taking your staff on the road to national conventions. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear us mention the two major conventions that are available to Scholastic Media staffs yearbook, newspaper, and otherwise. First, we talk about the Columbia Scholastic Press Association's Spring Convention that's held every March on the campus of Columbia University in New York, and we also talk about the National High School Journalism Convention, which is held in November uh, in the eastern part of the country and in April in the western part of the country. As ever, if you've got feedback or questions, you can reach me at iteachyearbook at gmail.com. You can find the podcast online at at yearbookwise, that's yearbook, W-H-Y-S, on Twitter. And I'll include contact information for Jim in the podcast description as well. But for now, here's my conversation with Jim Jordan about conventions. Today, I'm joined by a friend I've had for more than a decade now, uh, a mentor and friend, and um, he will never describe himself this way, but I would say a, a yearbook legend, um, somebody who's done it all and seen it all, and uh, has given um, so much to many of us in a younger generation of advisors for sake of guidance and and mentorship. Um, joined by Jim Jordan uh, out of California. Jim, how are you?
1: Great, great to be here, Mike. Thank, Thank you I for love, joining I love us. The concept and it's fun, really fun.
0: Um, I'm looking forward to it. Listen, I I want to start with a little bit of introduction for people who aren't familiar with you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your your yearbook history and, and where you were most recently and where you are now?
1: Sure. I got started in yearbooking basically because I didn't want to get moved to another school. I've been at another school for three years where I started teaching and then Actually, it was the assistant superintendent. He um, came in and said, you, we have to move you. There's declining enrollment at the school. And I got moved to Del Campo, which turned out to be a great thing. But when your book came up a year and a half later, I jumped at the chance. Uh, I love teaching writing, always love photography. And then in the back of my mind, I really was interested in design. At one point, I thought I wanted to be an architect. So I actually you know, raised my hand and said, let me do it. And I got started on my yearbook journey. And this was an amazing time. Started in 82, 83, and did four books conventionally with um, 3R forms. And you draw the layouts on these forms. And then they would... To be sent to the plant and they'd strip the pictures in and all that. Right. And then the digital era came in.
0: And you were among the first to have access to, to word processing. And, and I mean, was there even design on computers at that point? Or was it mostly well, about the copy editing?
1: Well, it was really interesting. It, I, I had met, by this time, I had met H.L. Hall and Bruce Waterson, And they were the first schools that did it in the 85, 86 school year, and I had the good fortune of getting hooked up with them at a, a summer workshop and had heard they were going to take on this journey. Then I went to an Apple seminar where a guy demonstrated what it was like to paginate on a Mac. The big, the big change was the LaserWriter 2 printer. And then I actually went, um, my yearbook company that time flew me to Bruce Watterson's classroom and I saw how he did it. And I said to myself, my kids can do this. And so we started on our digital journey, which in that early day, in those early days, we pasted down columns of type at first just on Microsoft Word. That was the first six months. Then we finally learned a little bit about pagination with PageMaker 1.1. But this was a, this was all run off the laser printer and pasted down on paste-up boards. It wasn't really until 92, 93 that we went full pagination.
0: That's incredible. And so
1: then, you know, you get into how you send the files to the company when you can do that, and there's been all sorts of iterations of that. Then digital photography came in. That was a whole new era of, of how you put a book together, and it really wasn't until the 2000s till early 2000s that we were fully paginated with photos on the spreads. So, the great part about that was, I mean, we were pioneering how to put together a yearbook using computers. Right. And I always make the comment, um, Bill Gates was born in 1955. Steve Jobs was born in 1955. They invented the technology And then I, who also was born in 1955, helped train kids on how to use it. So I mean, I look back on those days with such fondness because we were learning how to do this, making up how to teach it, and kids were getting this phenomenal experience. And when I look back on those editors, I mean, that did that first book, they're in PhDs in higher education they're in computer companies they're in banking and what they learned in yearbook really set them up for success in the rest of their life
0: absolutely and i'm going to guess that having lived through it as you did and and i could try to find some near parallels in my journey the last 16 years but you you take i'm going to guess if the technology has changed in some ways the yearbook kids haven't which is to say in my experience they are often a breed apart and you you set them on the right path, you give them some resources and just let them fly. And it's incredible to see what they come up with.
1: Yes. Oh, it's just amazing. You're exactly right. There is a kind of yearbook kid that if you give them the tools and give them the guidance and train them and set them free, they will do things so far beyond what you thought they can do. It's just amazing. Yeah. But it's it's probably a little harder to find those kids because now in our world. There's so many different choices that they have. But once you get them in that room and they see what they can do, I mean, it's really, it's just a beautiful, amazing, magical thing. They find talents in themselves over and over again that they never knew that they had. Right. And even to this day, you know, one of my, I have a one of my highly, most highly awarded students he won a MacArthur Genius Award for his work with the SARS virus. When I saw him, at, at when he was put into our district's Hall of Fame, he said over and over again how he uses your book design skills every day. He's always designing a proposal. He's always putting together some kind of a proposal that has graphics and all that. And, and so it served him well. Um, and when you talk about, and we all know this, but Everything that people talk about in 21st century learning is happening in our classroom.
0: It's all in the lab. Absolutely. It's all
1: there. Yeah.
0: I just uh, I had the pleasure of uh, through an unfortunate series of of circumstances with the passing of a former student. But um, it was a former yearbook kid was was back in town and she was relating to me how she's in occupational physical therapy. And even in, in that domain, she's able to apply your book, uh, you know, either be it design principles and hard skill stuff, or is it, you know, group management or conflict resolution and meeting deadlines and managing resources? It's all there. Yep. I love it. Absolutely. Well, you talk about this, uh, this former student of yours with the MacArthur. Um, It strikes me that I think both you and I have uh, been able to take kids out on the road and, and help them make some connections with what they're doing in the lab to what they could be doing in career and vocation. Um, you and I have talked before about connecting to that bigger yearbook universe, and and that's where I want to kind of guide this today, talking about conventions. We're um, on the doorstep of uh, CSPA's uh, March convention coming up just before St. Patrick's Day that'll be then chased by the National High School Journalism Convention in San Francisco. And I know that you and I have both been active on the JEA listserv, and, and we've been in um, the same network for uh, just about a decade now. And we've both had uh, conversations with advisors who are thinking to themselves, I, I could never travel with kids or I, I can't manage all that. I don't know where to begin. And I really wanted to explore that with you um, as a veteran. of I think you told me over 60 conventions. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot that you can share with advisors out there who who haven't yet taken those first steps out on the road. Um, let's just go briefly through some of your history there and, and then maybe we can start, start unpacking it a little bit.
1: Yeah, my first convention actually was a local one. We have a a Journalism Education Association of Northern California that um, has a convention every few years. And they had one in San Jose. And I don't know now, I don't remember why I finally got up the nerve to go, but I took a bunch of kids there. And the best part about that particular one was I made a connection at that one. I met John Cutzinger for the first time.
0: Okay. All right. Went
1: to his sessions. They were amazing. And then here's the, the what he did. Um, he sent me a personal postcard and said, thanks for coming. Love the work that your kids are doing. And he's been my friend for 35 years ever since. Right. But and it I all started there. Connection of, meeting some of the greats in the field that was my first takeaway from from my first convention then my second one then we kind of got the bug and that next spring we decided to go to jea in tucson they've never had a convention there since um and this was my group that was going to be my first desktop publishing group so the juniors that year we all flew down to tucson And had an amazing time, and that really was that trip was the bonding trip, um, where we really all came together. And if you've ever been to Tucson, they have this place called Old Tucson, and they have gunfights and rodeos and all those kind of things. And we still, to this day, I'm in touch with all those editors. We still laugh about John Spangenberg riding and roping the goat. (laughs) So, so just crazy stuff. Um, that you remember. And then the next fall, after we started our desktop journey, we went to Chicago for the first time Okay. and Chicago's coming up again, I think is it, it's in the it'll, fall.
0: That, it'll be in November. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a wild weekend. We'll talk about that in a minute.
1: Chicago is like the greatest place ever for a student journalism convention. Number one, because it's the hotels are right there on Michigan Avenue. And there's great shopping and great food, and it's just an electric atmosphere that kids get to experience. Now that one, um, and I I guess I would say too, the the first stage in me being a successful advisor and getting um, caught up in being it for 35 years was going to summer camp. Summer camp, I met a bunch of great um, advisors, H. L. Hall. Bruce Waterson, Tom Rolnicki at the time, and they were all talking about the conventions. And I think so, that's
0: where I met you for the first time was at GYE in two thousand and seven. That
1: that exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. And so we're all talking about you got to go and there's great networking. You learn a lot. And so because they talked about it so highly, then I I started going. And that first Chicago convention, oh my goodness, that was the greatest. You know, until your kid. I mean, now I didn't realize what you know, um, sheltered suburban kids, they were, but in retrospect, they talk about it and they, they'd never done anything like that. Some of them hadn't flown on a plane before, right? You know, what do you do when you get approached on the street by someone trying to sell you a gold chain, you know, that kind of crazy stuff. Right. Um, and then they, then they just learned also in those days, write-offs were totally different. They had first place, You got, it was the, you know, the best story in the story writing category and the best. It wasn't superior. Everybody gets one. And my kids, a few of my brilliant kids, and they really were brilliant. They got the first place trophy. Wow. And these were some of, this is funny now, these were some of the um, contests that, you know, only HL Hall's kids won. Right. Nobody from, you know, suburban Sacramento won. And so my kids realized they were good at this right. and they had a voice and somebody outside said, you guys got something going on there.
0: There's a lot of validation there.
1: Oh my goodness. So much validation. And
0: let's break down just for one second. I'm going to interrupt you. The, I want to make sure that for people who have never done a convention before, we're getting a little bit of a glossary going. Uh, you just mentioned write-offs at the National High School Journalism Convention, typically on the Friday evening of each convention, which is about three, three and a half days long there's a a head to head competition from for everything from caption writing to photography to design and then those awards are typically given um on sunday morning i know that in san francisco they're going to get it all together in one award ceremony so people can red eye home uh, which is the first time they're doing that so that's the write-off competition and uh, again that's uh, individual entries kids going head to head
1: Yeah. And, and I've never made a big deal about those. Um, but it's just a great way for a kid to see how well he can write in a short amount of time and what that kind of a contest looks like. They've gone to more, more and more of the things are sent in ahead of time. So, you know, all the photography, uh, um, contests, you mail in your photos ahead of time. There was a time when, you know, we had to go to Costco and run off the prints and put them on a piece of board and take them in. So it's much more streamlined, but it's just a great experience.
0: Yeah. And as an aside for advisors who are thinking about this for the first time, I would say, register your kids for write-offs because if anything, it gives you two hours of downtime and you can just collect yourself and that's, breathe. That's, that's the best uh, part. <laughs> but I think you and I would both also say, you know, tongue in cheek aside, Uh, giving back to the conventions. um, And we could probably do a whole other episode on this, but either by offering uh, sessions, uh, about 50-minute sessions or so with some Q&A, or by volunteering uh, in facilitating a write-off or judging it. um, JEA and the sponsoring organizations always uh, definitely appreciate that. Um, Let's go through the, the basics of the conventions just real quickly. And I should probably disclaim, I serve on the Advisors Association Board at CSPA. So maybe, Jim, if I can handle that one, I'll let you speak to the national convention um, that goes uh, east coast, west coast. Um, But for CSPA, we offer a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday experience on Columbia University's campus in the Upper West Hyde side of Manhattan. It's always right around the middle of March. Um, This year, it's uh, 14, 15, 16 of March. So it's right around the corner, about just a month out from now. And we'll have anywhere from maybe 2,800 to 3,500 students. I'd have to fact check that, but gather uh, on the Upper West Side campus. And the model at both conventions is is very, very similar where you're looking at about a 50 minute uh, seminar or workshop and then about a 10 minute pass period. Uh, At Columbia, it's across the campus and um, students will come from all over the country. We've had students come internationally before to experience those three days in the city and often uh, schools will find themselves pairing the daytime learning and training opportunities with nighttime new york city opportunities everything from the statue of liberty to top of the rock to a broadway show i know you and i have both had staffs there before um it's it's unique or, or different than the national high school journalism convention in that it's always based in new york city and there's something that I enjoy being you know, relatively close. We're four hours away. We can get into some patterns and routines. Uh, my kids love going to the same place every year for, for, we call it family dinner on one night. And there's a tradition there. Um, yep. But um, it wraps up with the crown ceremony uh, for newspapers and literary magazines, websites, and yearbooks on Friday afternoon. And then everybody heads out. I do know some staff stay into Saturday and gain another day. Um, I think you and I both talk to or and, and maybe you have, you can tell me. But I, I know that some of the delegations from Texas or Arizona or California, if they're saying we're going all the way to the East Coast, we might as well stay and, and really maximize our time and enjoy New York City uh, full out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We always stay till Sunday and we do a lot of convention, but a lot of New York. And you know, another thing about all these conventions, I am one I love having adventures. Right. And Taking kids into New York and showing them what this wonderful, marvelous city is all about uh, is an educational experience that outshines, you know, probably 90 percent of the things that they're going to do. And another fun thing, another great thing about going to CSPA um, is being on that campus. It's gorgeous To, to sit in a classroom that is part of Columbia University will take your breath away Absolutely. to walk across that quad and see that low library it's stunning it is. and then i was just watching i think i think it was um it was the marvelous mrs Mizel um the new uh series on on amazon prime right the father is a teacher. Her father is a teacher. Guess where he teaches? Columbia. You get to go in the mathematics classroom at Columbia, which I've taught a session there, and it's just amazing. I mean, like every third movie, you're going to find that set. I
0: was going to say my my frame of reference is Ghostbusters, uh, because it also <laughs> heavily features Columbia. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm, I think right now we're we're planning on taking about 22 kids uh, a month from now. We're going to catch a show. My kids enjoy just having some downtime uh, in Central Park, right, just to, to kind of ramble and wander. Um, I would interject. I, I know we're not numbering these tips, but uh, another tip for, for people planning on it for the first time, I'd say you want to strike a balance between just enough programming and not you know, getting right up to that edge of exhaustion. It is certainly nice as, as an advisor to return to the hotel and know that the kids are just going to crash into bed and, and not give you any issues overnight. Um, but I've found in the last couple of years, my kids have benefited far more from a, a little bit of breathing space and, and not just ground pounding from point A to point B to point C, you know, bam, 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 bam. It's important to, uh, to give them a little bit of a, a breathing space. Would you say, would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Cause I, I'm, I'm one, I'll run them right. <laughs> if, I, if I can Right. another exciting thing for me is, um, periodically my, my kid's work has been up for a crown. And a number of times my college editors will fly in from college to pick up their crown award.
0: That's special. That's wonderful.
1: That's it's marvelous. It's magical. In fact, there are two times every single editor was there. Wow. And they get to celebrate. They go to a show. One time they all arrange it, they say it in an Airbnb. And you know, you just can't take that away from it. It was just another way for them to value their yearbook experience.
0: We should highlight, too, I'd be remiss, and I know Ed Sullivan, the executive director of CSPA, would, would want me to note that the um, the luncheons at, at both conventions, but to CSPA's, the luncheons are a really lovely time for advisors. They're going to um, salute the uh, National Journalism Advisor of the Year, yes. uh, Tom That's Gata, right? on, on Thursday. Yep. And uh, and Columbia or CSPA, I should say, uh, is the, the main sponsor um, of that now. And then on Friday, there's a, a whole host of other awards um, for uh, various uh, recognitions. The Gold Keys, the O'Malley Award, those all happen during a Friday luncheon as well. And um, I know that my experience at both conventions has been, you know, those opportunities to network. And yeah. and as you and I both said, we, you know, we started with camps and got exposed to that that bigger yearbook world and journalism world, and now some of my very best friends in the world are are people that I can only see two or three times a year, but we really make uh, just fabulous use of that time.
1: That's right. Yeah, and to have lunch in the rotunda of the low library, it's, it's, it's stunning. It's just beautiful, and the food's great, and the company's great, and you get to meet new people that you haven't met before. It's like a, don't miss it
0: and you and i should know we, let, let's just uh, say this forthrightly you are and always have been in my experience you're a walsworth guy i'm a herf jones guy i have yeah. been i expect yeah. i will be for some time to come you're now a special consultant with them and congratulations on that the yes. new job Great. um but you know it that's never mattered no, <laughs> and, and you talk about the the lunch at the rotunda and i'm thinking about our our social time and our friendship that we've enjoyed for a decade and You know, I'm running this podcast, um, publisher agnostic, it's just a, these conventions are a great opportunity to increase the the scope of your own professional learning community. And, um, and what better opportunity than to maybe to branch out from, from people, you know, within your publisher and and understand how things are done differently with a different publisher or to open yourself to the opportunity to meet somebody from, from Seattle or somebody from the upper peninsula of, of Michigan or way down in Florida. It is just, it's, there's phenomenal opportunities for growth. Um, and it's been really reaffirming for me as an advisor, because too, Jim, I think you and I are, I know you taught within the English department. I'm a technology guy. Um, information technology is my, my non-yearbook stuff. But as it goes to your book, I'm the only person in my building who's doing what I'm doing. Right. And, and oh, so, exactly. yeah. So to have the, the opportunity to, to sit down with you or the friends we share and, and to commiserate or to share or to ask for advice, you know, it, it's not like we are one of three or four biology teachers in the same wing, neighbors in the classroom. Um, so I, I want to lift that up as another opportunity. And, and our listeners can probably get the sense where I'm, I'm skewing this heavily uh, advisor first um, and coming at, right out and saying it. I think if we have advisors who are listening who have never done a convention first, I know some of the popular advice out there is go by yourself first before you bring kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of get the lay of the land. I, I actually, when I first started going to CSPA, I didn't take kids. I, I was kind of afraid to take them. And then finally, I did. And it, w- it just worked out fantastically. One thing I also wanted to tie back into something you said earlier, those of us, and, and I really hope all of us that are listening either are this or becoming this, students of this yearbook genre. So this crazy thing that we do here in America really doesn't happen other places except in American schools. The idea of capturing the essence of a school year in a book. Um, If you're really a student, you want to learn what's happening with the other companies. How do they handle this? How are they covering things differently? What looks? What is the look of their approach that may be different from ours or whatever? And so that exchange of ideas, I think, makes us all richer and deeper. Um, and you really only get that mix at a convention.
0: Yeah, I you, know, couldn't you go agree to a more.
1: camp now, camps have pretty much become all the independent camps, have not been able to stay afloat. Most of them, there are still a few. But um, most of them are company camps. And so you miss out on some of this rich stuff that's going on across company. So and I love that.
0: Now, CSPA is New York City based. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about this November Eastern U.S. and April Western U.S. model that the National High School Journalism Convention uses?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. they will always it's they will always have a location usually on the east the middle part of the United States in the fall, right around the first <coughs> or second week of November. Then in the spring, when the weather gets better, sometime middle of first to middle of April, they have a convention uh, somewhere on the west coast, um, and so you can kind of pick. You want to go? You want to go? far away and go to the fall one the fall one's good because you can still get inspiration for this year's book some places they have uh, opportunities some yearbook companies have opportunities where you can bring your layouts that you're working on and get feedback and so that's kind of a cool thing Um, and then the spring one you kind of are launching for um, your next year and so like a lot of schools will bring the current editors to the fall and then bring the new editors to the spring. And I'll talk a little bit more. I'll talk about that now. For me, one of the great things about the spring convention, and I, I, I'm like a compulsive list keeper, so I, I have put down every all one of the conventions that I've been to. And I've been to 33 spring conventions in a row. And one of the reasons it's been so great is for me, that was like if you go to that convention in the spring, it's telling me, you're in for next year. Right. Somehow you figured out how to work out the finances. You made it work with your class schedule. And so almost always, and I this this was never said because you really couldn't really couldn't do this and make it a requirement. But kids that went and engaged in the spring convention were saying to me, I want to be an editor. I want to do what it takes. And kids that went with that attitude. They brought back so many great ideas. Um, I remember one of my groups, they went to a, a, a session led by Megan Percival, and I think Aaron Harris might have been in it too, and maybe even Carrie Faust. But
0: you got all I had three done of the a besties. session like
1: this before on you know 50 ways to tell the story of the year, right. and they would kind of updated it and done it in an amazing way. Well, they got a handout from that session, and they're pulling out that handout, Every week, reminding themselves about the kind of coverage they could do in the book. So, <clears throat> when kids really engage, makes a huge difference.
0: I think too. One thing that you you point out there is is traveling and and going. I think um, if advisors were having a hard time articulating it to parents or principals. Or if there was some, any negative talk or disdain for, well, you, you just want to travel. You just want to ha- go have a good time. It's important that we as advisors articulate to our staffs who are participating, you're going on this experience so that you can bring it back into the lab. And we need to use these resources, these new learnings, these new discoveries, the, these new inspiration pieces, these new connections with other staffs and advisors who said, hey, email me. You can actually email them and be in touch and and you know increase and grow that network, again, not just for advisors, but for staffs, too, and, and live it and make it real each day when you're back in the lab.
1: Yeah, and, and as an advisor, it's always so recharging. You know Absolutely. anytime you go to a convention, you're reminded about what you're doing, why it's important, and that there are a lot of people just like you that are putting their heart and soul into this book right. or this newspaper or this video program that you have. And it just charges you up. and And most teachers, I'm sorry to say, in their jobs, don't have the opportunity to go and get this kind of boost in the middle of their school year. Um, so I, I can't say enough. You know, it, it's, it's an unbelievable educational experience. It's re-energizing for us. And then it provides this, un, and this, this really probably is the biggest one, it provides these opportunities for kids to grow and learn even beyond the publication classroom. So it's just a total win-win on every on every angle. Now, I know you're probably going to this, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it. The, the first thing that you have to do to make this happen, and this really needs to start early in the year, um, if at all possible, um, you need to get your administration on board. And it, it's amazing how it's changed over the years I've been going. Um, the, the approval process in California in my district was very minimal in the 80s and then as time has gone on it's gotten harder and harder the paperwork's gotten longer and longer and so it's really good to get started early and get your get your principal on board and here's a great tip about getting your principal on board invite your principal to come
0: absolutely you have to
1: go once or twice but I mean I get I mean I get chills thinking about Taking my The first time I took a principal to a convention was CSPA, and my principal, her husband, had been a first responder on 9-11. He worked the pile, and he still hasn't been back, I don't think, but I took my principal, Gail Pierce, and at that time, that's a whole other story about I've been at 9-11 about five different times, six different times, and seen the whole progress, but... She got to go for the first time and see her pub her where her husband had worked on the 9-11 stuff. And she she knew how important going to these conventions were by what she experienced. And then the other one took my next one of my next principles. Her father was an Italian immigrant, and we were able to go to Ellis Island and see the place, the plaque on the External area of the of Ellis Island, which they have now, where they list when where every um, immigrant came in through Ellis Island. We found her father's name. Oh wow! And we were able to take a picture of her by her father's name. Even more importantly, all the kids saw. This is what Ellis Island means. This is what immigration is all about. And you couldn't have had that experience. And again. Um, Vera Vaccaro um, was a great publication supporter because she saw it firsthand. So invite your principal. Absolutely. I'll have a
0: great time. Absolutely. And, and I've got to put in a, a happy plug after the fact for our administrative team. They were able to join us in Dallas. I think you were in the room with us at the luncheon yeah. uh, back in November. But our team, uh, Robin Sheehan, Michelle Coffield, and Mike Janowski were honored as the administrators of the year uh, by JEA, and it was. It was such a delight for them to be able to see the kids, our kids at Tesserae, surrounded by, what, 4,500, 5,000 other kids, um, to be amidst that that energy and that enthusiasm for all things journalism and yearbook. Um, they had heard about it for so long, but for Robin and Michelle to be able to see it firsthand, um, I think it only strengthened the bonds of support that we enjoy from them. And it was just absolutely tremendous. Um, there's certain hurdles to be confronted with uh being advisor as travel agent. Uh, oh my and and getting yeah. on the road. And and I, I do want to put a plug in as much as we're staying, you know, company agnostic with the podcast, those of you listening to the Yearbook Wise podcast, I really want to encourage you to join up with the Journalism Education Association. I make no money with them, I give them my money. So I think I'm safe on the recommendation. But the, the brain trust that is the JEA listserv and that network as well as your own statewide uh, jeA um, uh, associations uh, it, there, there's just such a wealth of information and experience there uh, where you can share you know hey I'm I'm concerned about getting around New York City on the subway or how many bags should I tell my kids to pack or how do I map downtown Dallas to give my kids some good boundaries for parents who are concerned? Um, I would say any more, Jim, wouldn't you agree th- this has all been done before I- in essence, which is to Absolutely. say we there's yeah. dozens upon dozens of conventions worth of, uh, model and logistics that, that have already happened. So if you are a newer advisor or a first timer traveling alone, or maybe you're going to travel with a half dozen kids, maybe you're bringing 20 kids. There is somebody who has done it before. And by plugging into that network, you've got access to, to all of that knowledge and history.
1: Yeah. and, and. I would just say a, a, a plug to both groups now are, are providing great um, guidance online. I was Absolutely. just looking today at the uh, national high school journalism site. It's called sf.journalismconvention.org. And this didn't this didn't exist ten years ago. Right. And now you go there, it's like one stop shopping. It'll let you know who are the keynote speakers gonna be. It lets you know how to sign up for the hotel, and then eventually uh, it runs a full PDF of the program so you can begin sifting through all the different sessions and pick which ones you want your kids to go to. And I'll just insert this right now. Um, I love these moments. It it would be um, we'd come in Thursday or we'd be done with what we're doing on Thursday, and then we'd all gather in somebody's room. Everybody had their highlighters. And I would go through and say, this is a must-see workshop. Now, these three you can pick from these three, but this one, you know, like I, I always tell my kids, um, Paul Ender and Ann Acres, their A to Z class—that's like foundational in the yearbook world. So you got to go see that one. Then you've got to go see a Mike Simmons photo class. That it'll just change your life, or. You want to have a great time and learn about writing, go to Lori Oglesby's section, uh, session. And so we would just sit and just decide who's going where and how it's, how you're going to plug in and how you're going to get there. And then another thing I'll insert now that goes along with that, um, I learned this from a bunch of other advisors um, over the years, is give kids tasks when they're in the sessions, So I created some specific note paper, had lines on it. It had a place to put the title. I had them rate the session. Then I had them break it down into what's the most important thing you learned in this session. And so they were required to keep notes and I gave them um, a quota. They had to go to at least one of the two keynotes and 80% of the sessions that they could possibly go to and take. Then we compile all those and they get back. We talked about what they learned. And a lot of other advisors have done this far better than I have about bringing home stuff and sharing it with the whole staff. But every kid would come home with a notebook of eight or so set of session notes that you can take to your principal and say, see what these guys learned? see what they brought home and then there's no question about the educational value of the convention
0: absolutely and backtracking in just a couple minutes while we're looking at the online resources i want to put in a plug for cspa's convention if you go to cspa.columbia.edu on the right hand side it says annual spring convention learn more and you can uh, go there for resources that are commensurate with what's offered out there from the journalism convention.org sites um, and I think that both um, Twitter feeds are required reading for advisors who are um, looking at, at getting on board with the conventions um, at CSPA and at National JEA, also at NSPA, um, JEA and NSPA partner to bring the, uh, the National Convention together. There's just a wealth of resources online. You know, Jim, we talked about benefits for advisors. We, we've talked about inspiration and, and finding out what's hot and new, what tools there are out there, what other staffs are doing, maybe sitting down for a one-on-one with your company. I think all of the companies offer those uh, one-on-one booth experiences at, at both conventions. Um, certainly the learning activities, you've got anywhere from, well, I guess if you only went to one, you could go from one to what about maybe 13 or 14 different sessions or more. There's all sorts of networking opportunities and some advisor-only sessions or advisor-only receptions. Uh, to network and meet people all over the country, and certainly, I know that you and I have enjoyed many catch-up times over coffee or just sitting around with one of the other books or with some of our other friends. Just continuing to nurture and develop those friendships uh, is is absolutely huge. When we have staff on board, you know, you and I have both gone adventuring. Um, I want to make note of um, what the national convention through NSPA JEA offers. They're uh, they have a robust uh, set up of uh, media tours. Uh, so if it was Dallas or Seattle the spring before that, coming up to San Francisco and then Chicago after that, they'll work with the you know the local CBS affiliate or the local pro sports team, stadium, media department, and offer I don't know, sometimes up to about two dozen different opportunities for students to get out and about uh, either with sports journalists or with um, major market, uh, journalism outfits, or maybe a tour at a local university, uh, there's all sorts of opportunities there. And certainly if you're in New York city at CSPA, uh, there's no lack of media organizations that you could reach out to. Um, I've done that with my own kids. I'm, I'm proud to say, and, and there's, uh, you'll often find a warm reception, uh, from companies who, if you say, Hey, I'm, I'm coming into town with a dozen media and journalism students. They'd love to be you when they grow up. Do you mind if we stop by? And it's always a warm welcome.
1: Yeah, and I, I also want to throw in, and we didn't quite get back to this, Thursday at the National High School uh, Journalism Conventions, both in the fall and the spring, has a very rich array of full-day sessions for kids to get involved in. Now, this is this is where I was not the best. We We could not get enough time out of school, so... On the best of times, we would fly Wednesday afternoon, get in Wednesday night, and then Thursday was our day to see the city. And then Friday was sessions all day, Saturday was sessions all day, and we'd go home on Sunday. Now, that meant we couldn't go to those Thursday sessions, but if I were starting again, I would make those Thursday sessions top priority because you look at who's teaching them and their depth of experience and you see what you can come away with it's really phenomenal uh, because if there's any cost it's it's minimal and but the problem is here's the big problem is like for san francisco i would bet they're all full by now or pretty close to yeah full. they do
0: fill up early and, and i would say um and anybody can look it up at the the .org site that we've offered up previously, but I think you're looking at between 20 and $30 for somewhere between six to eight hours uh, of training. There's various boot camps. Uh, my buddy Jed Palmer and I were the, were the photo bros for Thursday, so we'll go in-depth from, we'll work with kids who are already shooting their own weddings to kids who have never turned a camera on before. There's design clinics, there's um, diversity, uh, programming, there's mentoring, uh, programs within JEA. Uh, there's, you're right. There's, again, I think probably about two dozen different offerings on those Thursdays. It's absolutely phenomenal.
1: Yeah. The, the, the Friday and Saturday, it's kind of a smorgasbord, quick bites and Thursday you get a rich meal. And so if you have the time to devote to that unparalleled, absolutely. Another, another plug on the, um, for the national uh, JEA conventions are the keynotes that they have. Um, They have had some spectacular journalists come in and tell their story to, you know, 3,000 to 6,000 kids, and they're always amazing and awe-inspiring. Now, sometimes the groups, you know, your group wants to stay out and play or whatever, but I highly recommend going to the keynotes.
0: I'm just looking up, I've got to get back to the the Dallas convention. The gal that spoke there, my kids were absolutely just enraptured by, uh, she was the photojournalist who I think she had shot in Turkey. Um, It's escaping me right now. I'm sure I'm going to get it wrong and Mark Murray's going to be all frustrated with me. But (laughs) She was absolutely tremendous and, and just held the room wrapped with attention. Um, I remember being in D.C. and uh, it was Woodward, right? It was there, I think. Uh,
1: oh, Bob Woodward was there. Oh, three my years ago. God. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I just got there right when it started because I was just coming in and he had, you know, 5,000 kids wrapped yeah. telling his story. And then I also had the great joy and pleasure. Um, Lisa and Laura Ling were both my students.
0: That's a great story.
1: You know the story about about Laura being uh, held captive in in North Korea. Um, they came to our journalism convention and told the story, and it was amazing. And what a thrill for me!
0: We've covered a lot of ground here. Um, I do want to encourage people who are listening. Um, you can reach out on Twitter uh, if you've got questions uh, that we haven't addressed, and I know that Jim and I will both be happy to. To answer those for you, you can find the podcast on Twitter at at @yearbookwise. That's W H Y S. Um, And in the description of the podcast, uh, Jim, if it's all right with you, I'll include some contact information for you uh, and for me both. Uh, I know that we want to spread. I mean, these opportunities have been transformative for us both. Um, uh, You and I joke about you know being a different uh, different generations in yearbook advising. Uh, you i think you attended your first convention when i was in like second grade uh, <laughs> yeah. uh but it it really i I know, I know we both can't recommend them highly enough it it can be daunting to think about plane tickets and hotel reservations and where do we eat um you know I, I think maybe it's a corollary to those those yearbook kids you you um you give them the right resources and technology and guidance and training and just let them fly my experience today, knock on wood has been you put your book kids in a plane or on a bus, on a train. Take them on the road, and and have certainly a, a great plan. It, don't get me wrong; I don't want to sound blase about it, but you know where this is going. They, they are just phenomenal kids, almost to a to a one. I, I've never had problems, and they, um, my kids, I'm so proud of them for for stepping up and recognizing. You know, we've got this opportunity uh, that we've been given to to get training, to network. Um, to have our moment in, in the spotlight if they're up for an award, and um, they're just there's phenomenal opportunities, and and to see more advisors, maybe first time advisors or, or first time convention goers, um, nothing makes me happier to to have them recognized in one of the the keynote sessions, or to have you know the the first time staffs stand up in a in a session and uh, and honor that. It, it can be a big first step, but the the payoff is absolutely tremendous.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I can't say enough. I can't say enough about taking the risk and putting your foot into the water of conventions. It, it will change your life. And uh, if you do go and it's your first one, um, find us. We'd love to talk to you and say hello and and thank you for becoming a part of this um great, rich fraternity of men and women who are doing this work with kids. Absolutely,
0: um, You'll be at the Walsworth booth in San Francisco, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And because it, because ultimately, you know, when you, when you strip it away, if you're a career teacher, like Mike and I are, the book is important, but what's really important is helping kids grow and find their best potential. That's what really excites us. Your book is a vehicle to do that, a great one, one of the best ones. But what we really love is seeing kids blossom and grow and find the talents and skills they didn't know that they had.
0: Absolutely.
1: And this is just one of many opportunities to help kids do that. And that's what really excites
0: us. Yeah. I think the, the coda for me is, you know, it was roundabout when I first met you in 2007. My progression was, hey, Mike, you really should get your kids to summer camp. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll give it a try. And we went and things started changing. And then the next natural um, piece of advice was, hey, you should get them on the road, get to a convention. And I went by myself to Washington uh, once. And oh, you did? It, yep. It was, uh, I think it was the 2009 November, if I if I have it right. Uh, But that was just me solo taking that advice to just kind of take it all in and um, and to develop the network and be able to take some time for myself and we've never looked back and I think that as as you probably know with with uh, mentoring my staffs over the last 10 years that that set us on a path of improvement and refinement and growth um, that that is just absolutely priceless
1: I cherish those days I there were camps, GYE, that I got to work with your editors, and then I would see them in the fall, and they would show me their work. And it was just amazing to have that part of the continuum of the growth of your kids. And some of them, I'm still friends on Facebook, and yep. I almost get as excited about the things they're doing as you do, Mike.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, friends, um, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ebrook Wise Podcast. Jim, thank you so much for your oh, time anytime and, uh, and your friendship too. I, uh, I love you, buddy. And, and I'm so, so thrilled for this next chapter your work with Walsworth. And certainly I'll be stopping by the booth in San Francisco. Maybe we record another episode when we're there.
1: Oh, I think that'd be great. That'd be and great. He, yeah, just get, get us both talking about your book and we can go on for days. That'd be awesome.
0: Hey friend, you All take right, care. Love you too, my friend. Be well. Thanks Jim. So there you have it. Friends. I've got to say again, uh, many, many thanks to Jim for giving of his time and, and expertise. Uh, this conversation was just, I don't know, 50 minutes or so of us talking, but he has been a mentor to me and my staffs for the last decade or so and is a, a constant and, and steadfast cheerleader and supporter um, and just an all-around phenomenal human being. Uh, so Jim, thank you once again for, uh, for your time today and for being a, a mentor and friend to so many of us in the, uh, in the Yearbook Network. Friends, that does us till next time. I know that many of you are confronting February deadlines, as my own staff is, so good luck there. If we'll be seeing you at CSPA or at the NHSJC in San Francisco, please be sure to uh, say hello online at at YearbookWise, that's Yearbook W-H-Y-S. And if you've got feedback, comments, or questions, if there's anything about the conventions that we didn't cover, or if there's anything that you think we omitted, please be in touch at iteachyearbook.com at gmail.com. But for now, good luck, be well, talk soon.